Hello and welcome to the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. My name is Liz Herrera and I'm your host. One of the most important lessons that I learned very early in my career is the importance of establishing a personal brand. Because our careers can be fluid, we really need to be intentional and aware of our brand to help us stay competitive and relevant. We are essentially our own business. And the way that we market ourselves can be a real game changer. Therefore, we have to approach our brand with an entrepreneurial mindset. To explore this topic further, I am delighted to introduce Dr. Jay Fulgencio. Dr. Jay is a Chicago native, completed his bachelor's in political science from Northeastern Illinois University, and obtained his Master of Arts in Political Science a Master of Science in Entrepreneurship, and a PhD in Educational Technology from Oklahoma State University. He is also a Certified Practitioner of the Entrepreneurial Mindset Profile. Dr. J has developed numerous courses, animated videos, and eBooks in topics such as learning technology tools, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and education. And he is also the founder and president of Learn Genics. So let's jump into the interview. Hello, Dr. J. It is wonderful to have you on today's episode. Thank you, Liz. I appreciate it. So we're going to go ahead and dive in. Can you share with us, you know, what a little bit of your personal mission when it comes to the people that you serve? So, yeah, my personal mission is to assure that individuals, uh, find the best within themselves um, and, and build that entrepreneurial mindset uh, because we live, we live in a century where we live in an era where the entrepreneurial mindset is, is, is basically the, the end all be all in a sense that you do not necessarily you have to start a business, but you have to think like an entrepreneur for your own career and seek what is best of your interest uh, to, to assure that others succeed around you. And of course yourself. So I make a, I make it my mission to make sure that the entrepreneurial mindset is spread around as to many people as I can, as I can touch. Yeah. And I know you and I had, have had uh, previous conversations. And for me, I always think about that personal and professional brand and, you know, we are our own business. And so when you and I connected and you mentioned about the entrepreneurial mindset, I'm like, yes, this is exactly what, you know, people kind of have to think about it in this way. And so you have your own, you know, personal experiences and reasons. So you completed your your PhD. Can you talk about you know what were some of your professional goals when when you completed um, your doctoral degree? So, well, one of my professional goals was, of course, when you get a PhD, the the thing is, you know, you want to get a tenure track position at a higher education institution, right? That's that for me. That was the main thing. Um, and that, that, that was the main that, that was the main professional goal. Of course, it didn't work out as I seeked it um, from finding out what was going on in the world. I didn't know that in academia where I was clueless that the, the majority of my field was basically in K-12 uh, education. Uh, and most of those jobs were in, in places across the country where I potentially didn't probably want to move to. Um, not that the university wasn't great, but the environment probably wasn't, you know, something that I wanted to start a life in. Uh, with my, you know, now wife, um, it's like something I didn't want to build off. And it's, it's, it's a very, it, the field right now is, is very uh, interesting 
because it's moving away more away from tenure track faculty and moving more to adjunct or visiting faculty positions. And that's not always a stable position. You don't want to move far away. And then all of a sudden, like you're out of a job within a year and have to move away. So the, that was my professional uh, uh, goal at that time with the PhD. So can you talk a little bit about some of those challenges and then maybe how maybe that influenced the way that you see yourself as, you know, as having that entrepreneurial uh, mindset? Yeah. So, you know, one of the one of the challenges I faced is like, OK, I have a Ph.D. and what do I do with it? The, 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 the fortunate thing that I had compared to perhaps other other Ph.D.s, uh, especially in when I was getting my Ph.D. was before that, I had gone. I had earned my uh, master's in entrepreneurship from Oklahoma State University, and, and the entrepreneurship program at Oklahoma State University is a very unique program, one of the top in the country, one of the first to actually have a school of entrepreneurship, um, basically focused on entrepreneurship. So I had started, uh, uh, you know, two businesses prior to starting my PhD. So I already had that kind of entrepreneurship spirit within me. I taken, I got the PhD, was part of business plan competitions. And so being an entrepreneur in the startup world, um, so I had that going for me. And it's like, so how do I formulate the entrepreneurship, you know, experience I had, the degree, how do I mix that with, with the PhD that I had in, in education with the focus in educational technology? So I had to combine those two uh, to get where, where I'm at. And so, of course, now how do I go into the marketplace? Basically, the only way really is to work for an ed tech company or start my own thing. Um, if it wasn't going to be the the tenure tenure track route, so of course that was a challenge for me. It's like I have these resources, I have this experience, I have this education. How do I combine it together to make myself more marketable in the workforce, uh, so that someone would hire me? So that that was the challenge for me. It's like, how who wants to hire someone who has a PhD who could probably replace them in their mindset? Um, so that was that was of course a, a big challenge. The other thing challenge that I and I know that a lot of people with, with PhDs face is that when they're in their final stages of their PhD, you know, uh, whether that's writing a dissertation um, or finishing up exams to qualify uh, to be a candidate, be a candidate is who's going to hire them at a full time role when they have this other thing going on. Because basically getting a PhD is like a full time job. And I'll add that a real like a, an actual full time job in the workforce. Who's going to wire hire? So that's another challenge facing during that time. So the challenges were there. It's just that how do you figure out how do you market yourself? I think one of my my dissertation advisor, uh, you know, he was done like you have to know how to market yourself and know what correct words to say. And that was another challenge that I had to face. Like, okay, what words can I use to properly market myself and not, you know, have oh look, I have a PhD, so hire me. You know, I kind of had to take that away a little bit. And see, this is the, this is what I've accomplished. This is what I can bring to you, to your company, to your organization. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, really knowing the terminology and how to shift from the academia language into industry. So yeah. that brings me to, to, to my next question, as, as you kind of alluded to some of this, because there are you know, a lot of people that are, you know, they get their doctoral degrees. And, and yes, the, for many, the goal is, to, to do research, to go into teaching, to get that tenure track position. But I've personally worked with a lot of uh, clients that, or, and students um, that have completed PhDs, and that's not the route that they necessarily want to take, or they're not able to for whatever reason, right? So they're like, okay, now I need to go into industry, but I don't have any experience. So they, so they think, what are some strategies that you feel that people can take, you know, whether it's a doctoral degree or even, you know, a graduate degree 
to transition into industry, given that, that academic background? So I think one of the strategies is that you, I think one of the first things is you have to take an assessment of your skills and your, and your mindset, right? There's like a lot of other assessments. I know we talked about the entrepreneurial mindset profile assessment. That's just one of many other ones. You probably talked about in your podcast where the other assessments that you could do. So take some type of assessment to, to assess yourself, see what you can do, see what you have. Go talk to professionals and maybe get like, you know, like a practice interview to see, because sometimes all right, we, we speak to academic for a job that's probably not academic. So you need to, you know, you know, step back your verbiage and, and, and just talk and not you don't want to dumb yourself down, but you want to speak in layman terms. Uh, and so you got, how do you present yourself? Um, and so, and of course, build those skills. The thing in academia, especially when getting a doctoral degree, a PhD, is that you're trained a lot in research. And that's not bad at all, but you're trained a lot to do research. You're not trained a lot to do perhaps like consulting work, perhaps to work on Salesforce, like some type of SaaS system like Salesforce. So you probably need to go on one of the strategies that like you don't have to go. You have to go learn more. Probably you're tired, tired of learning, but you're going to have to go and you're going to have to take those additional steps and build those skills that unfortunately at the moment, a lot of PhD programs don't build on because right now the PhD programs are built to train the next gener- or the next group of, of research or, or experts in the field, not necessarily consultants or other, you know, they don't train you really to be in the nine to five workforce. No, that's a great point. And of course, it depends on the program, right? Um, so <clears throat> what would you say are some of the transferable skills? So I want you to think about you, you know, when you were in your doctoral program and all the years that you spent and invested I'm sure that you have acquired some, you know, amazing skills that people might undervalue, but that they can be applicable when entering the job market or, you know, really marketing yourself. Any ideas there? Yes. So one of the things is research, right? I know I talked about research. I think it's very important to to build research skills in the sense of finding the right and correct uh, information, right? We live in a, we live in an era where there's so much information, some of it's not credible. So you build that skill. Okay. What credible sources are out there to back up what I'm, what I'm trying to say are the data, right? And a lot of doctoral programs also uh, uh, train you and, and how to use data systems. Um, it's, you know, the names are not coming in my head right now, but they train you how to collect data and how to present that data, right? A lot of workforces want that. They, they collect all these surveys and how you present all that data into very basic terms, right? And so that's a really wonderful skill. The data you collect and how you output that into and explain it to people. That's one skill. The research skills is another thing that you learn that you can put out in, in the workforce. Another one is presentation skills, right? A lot of doctoral programs now require you to present at least at one or two uh, conferences, so building that presentation skills and being able to give a presentation and to answer the question, so what, right? And that's like, you're in the workforce, your boss, your media boss, your CEO or whoever, right? They're going to be like, so what? Like, why? Like, they're going to ask those questions. Why and so what? And a lot of that toll programs, the really good ones will be able to train you as to answer that question. So what? You know, and you'll have your, 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 your explanation and you have your, your and most importantly, You'll be able to back up that answer and I just say, well, because I know. Well, why do you know? Here it is. So they do, like, I'm not going to dog down and, and, and bash on doctoral programs. They do a good job. 
It's just that you need to formulate a way to present those, that, that those skills that you learned in your program, be able to transform that in, into the workforce. And you do have it. You just have to, you have to look in deep inside in your portfolio in a sense to know how to, how to, how to present that. And, and, and it really does help. Um, and of course, writing skills is another one too, right? You definitely work on your writing skills at the doctoral level. And so being able to have those writing skills to be able to present your case um, maybe you may have to not write so much, right? But condense it down. Um, but you will be able to also have transfer those writing skills. Yeah, no, those are great. So just to kind of sum up a little bit, so definitely the research skills, right? So the critical thinking, yeah. uh, presentation, and we know that on the job hunt, there's a lot of writing required when you're writing your resume, your cover letter, uh, statements, or whatever the case may be. Uh, presentations, right? So a lot of job interviews for many organizations, they require you to, to do a presentation for the job interview, right? Or even you know, within the position. Are there any other things that maybe you that you've leveraged in your own personal experience? Um, I, in my own personal experience, kind of that entrepreneurial mindset, in a sense, because I had it and, and I, you know, I've taken the assessment and so that was me personally that, that I use again, like, how do I, how can I use this other stuff and, 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 and put out um, my information out there? Now, there's one thing that I did get, like, I already had this before, but it was really taught to me by my advisor was have your own website and provide your information there. And I think that's another important thing for everybody to know, whether you're doctoral or not, but you need to take ownership of your name and market that name and have that website. I think everybody should at least buy their own domain name with their name on it um, because that, that is your marketing tool. Now, that's like your that's like your global resume in a sense because anybody can go to your website and see what you've done. You put up your work up there, whether it's research, videos, or infographics, whatever it may be, you have to put it up there. I think you need to have that. If you don't have that now, you need to work on that now. Yeah, so it's important to have a, a digital presence. I know that I do hear a lot of employers saying that they are looking for candidates that have some type of online presence and, you know, to really be intentional about that brand. So can we talk a little bit about, you know, just thinking about professionals that that maybe have been in the, the field of, you know, academia, higher ed, and they're looking to make a transition and really thinking about that brand? Because a lot of people don't think about oh, what is a personal brand? Or how do I become intentional? So you mentioned one great strategy, which is having that website, right? Mm -hmm. Are there other tools or strategies that people can start thinking about to really establish a more intentional brand? Kind of having that entrepreneurial spirit in mind, Any, any thoughts around that? Well, yeah. Well, the website is one. Another one is definitely you probably touched LinkedIn. Um, like you need to have a LinkedIn. I know a lot of people hesitate, but I think LinkedIn is a must in a professional workforce. So that that's another great tool to put yourself out there. And not only not only is not only is LinkedIn great for to basically it's like a professional Facebook, as I would call it, right? You you put your profile picture, you put your experience, you put your job experiences and skill that you have. But also, it's also a great way to connect with other individuals. You can be part of groups um, and resources come out. And also another th- great thing 
is that you can find jobs, right? There's a job board in a sense, a workplace work job board out there in LinkedIn where you can find jobs near area or areas that you're looking for. And you can directly apply to those, to, to those jobs in the PhD world, or even with the, like, if you had, like it asks you know, what was your degrees and it can, you know, help you source jobs that you're qualified based on your skill sets. Um, so those are two, the LinkedIn, your website. Um, and those are the things right now in the professional sense, a Twitter account, right? You know, we don't, we always think about Twitter as in the best as the hashtags, but the hashtags really do help. And like, I've, I've used hashtags like ad tech, um, you know, education, higher ed, and you look at the hashtag articles and opportunities can come along just looking at those hashtags, connect with individuals. So there are opportunities as well, even on Twitter. So those are the, I think those are the three main things that I would have. And of course, maybe even your YouTube channel, have it your own, you know, if you have a Gmail account, you establish your own YouTube channel. That's a, that's another one as well. Yeah. To really establish yourself as an, as an expert, right. In, in your respective fields. And, and I think everyone has something to, to offer. Uh, and, and that's why I feel like we're, we're basically this is for a lack of a better word, like portable, right. So we represent ourselves and our brand and being able to translate those skills and experiences in a variety of platforms or landscapes, if you will. And so yeah. I think having, like you said, that that website, that YouTube channel, your social media presence, that's intimidating for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. It can be. What do you say for people that are resistant to like LinkedIn? Because I know, you know, I always encourage people, you know, have social media presence, be mindful of what you're putting out there, but definitely LinkedIn. And so I've worked with a lot of professionals that are like, oh, I don't want to put my headshot. I don't want to connect with people that I don't know. They're going to, you know, reject me or they have a profile, but they never use it. What are yeah. some of your favorite, you know, LinkedIn tips? Honestly, like if, if you're hungry for success, why not LinkedIn? I mean, don't have the best answer because I just can't understand why people wouldn't want to put this. I mean, unless you're a trust fund baby, fine. You know, you don't need one. <laughs> but I know most of our communities, none of us, not a lot of us are trust fund babies. So you just, if you like, you, you can't, if you're complaining a lot about the opportunities that are not there and you don't have a LinkedIn, perhaps maybe that's one of the reasons why. It's not the end all be all reason, but it perhaps can be one of the outliers, one of the reasons why. So honestly, like, guess what? If you're seeing on the sidelines and not being present, someone else is taking the opportunity to, to you're probably more qualified to them. But because that person has a presence in the in LinkedIn or wherever else, they're taking those opportunities. So if you're on the sidelines, guess what? Someone like me and others are taking the opportunities from you. I could have probably been there for you. So hopefully that's a motivation for you because, you know, someone like you and I are taking the opportunities, like we're taking them all. So if you're on the sidelines, Hey, there's more opportunities for us and less opportunities for you. It's, and it's not because it's not available for you. It's just that you're not taking the initiative to take those opportunities that are available for you. Yeah. Okay. So I have to say, I have to imagine, cause I love it. It's like tough love and, I watched the video you have because I know you you definitely have online presence. What is it called? You like the real talk? What is the name oh, of the the video that you do? Oh, I created the YouTube channel, Doctor J Real Talk. Doctor J Real Talk. Okay, I'm just gonna tell my listeners you have to find it because you know sometimes you do have to keep it real. Yeah. And I just love that about you. When I was listening and and watching your video, I was like, yes, it's true. And like you're saying, like you have to take the initiative. And you're yeah. right. We're not trust fund babies. I, well, I know I'm, <laughs> I'm not. 
And like, we have to hustle. And, you know, we talk about how we don't, you know, as first gen, right. Uh, We didn't have the social capital and, you know, people connecting you to opportunities, but you have to build that. And if you are a a career changer, you're moving to another industry, you know, you might essentially, we have essentially have to build that connection, you know, start from scratch, but that there are tools out there that allow you to do that. Um, I do recognize that it's scary. It's intimidating, but that's, that's, that's like the name of the game. And it's part of, part of that process. Um, yeah. So thank you for throwing, for, for being, for keeping it real. <laughs> uh, I will, yeah. I will say the Dr. J real talk name came from my wife. Cause I was trying to come up with a name for it. And she's like, why don't you just end real talk? And so that's how it came about. So, <laughs> and so um, yeah. I'm going to put that in the show notes. I really, you know, yeah. I was watching it. I was like, yeah, I'm like, that's sometimes you know, a little tough love. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's what, if it needs, if that's what needs to push you to get it, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's got to happen. Light a little fire. That's right. So I know that you're involved in a variety of things. You have different initiatives and services and programs. Can you talk a little bit about some of the initiatives that you're currently working on? Man, where do I start? Um, so one of the initiatives right now is to push for more of the entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, and so what is a certified entrepreneurial mindset uh, 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 profile uh, assessment? So one of the things that, you know, one of the things is, is, is have people take that assessment is one of my main goals. So uh, if you go to my website, uh, which will be prior for you, so www.jpohensiophd.com, um, you know, you can connect with me if you want to take that assessment of also, you know, trying to put in more videos on the Dr. J Real Talk uh, YouTube channel. So just Dr. You know, letter J uh, Real Talk, put that in the search box in YouTube. You'll see the channel, subscribe to it and see those videos. Um, and so, of course, uh, working on a, a, a company called LearnGenics, applying learning and development uh, solutions and services. And so that's just some of the initiatives we're, I'm working on currently. Um, there's other things going on as well. Um, and so I'm always just 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 doing things and working because I have these skill sets, I have this knowledge, and it's like I need to put it out there and not just sit on them. Um, so those are just some, some of the initiatives that, that working again. Um, I'm always post, you know, posting things on link, my LinkedIn, uh, my website, and of course, on my social media accounts. So if you go to my website, you'll see all the social media accounts. You can go on them, follow me. And see what I what I'm putting out. So that's that's the that's the thing. And I've also I touched on like I'm a fan of cartoons. Like I, I will not admit I'm a fan of cartoons. I'm a fan of comic books. I'm not like I I really really love comic books. So I kind of saw um, comic books and education. So I started to do some my like if you look at my Twitter, I, I put up some comic book strips of entrepreneurship. So Jimmy the Entrepreneur gives you some <laughs> some tips on. And entrepreneurship, so I put those comic strips uh, there. So it's just really quick, like, what is entrepreneurship and how do I find opportunity? Um, so I, so those are some of the things that, that, that I'm doing right now. That's really cool. I'm going to have to follow you on Twitter. I love that you combine your interests to really drive your message. Um, I'm, I'm married to a comic book fanatic. Yeah, so I totally get it. I'm always hearing about all the comic books. He's even taken me to Comic-Con. I mean, I've... <laughs> Um, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, I do have a follow-up question. <clears throat> you, cause you talked about the entrepreneurial mindset profile assessment. Mm-hmm. Who can benefit from, from this assessment? What exactly does that entail? Students, uh, 
uh, can benefit from it. Uh, people working in, in, you know, adults or workforce and corporate America, they can benefit. Uh, so basically, it's a it's a it's an assessment of your profile. So it examines the depth and skills and capabilities uh, needed to know how what your entrepreneurial mindset is all about. So it's based on uh, personality skills and skill skills. So it really determines like where your personality is, uh, like your passion, your need to achieve, your risk acceptance, and your skill sets, like your future focus, idea generation, your execution, your self-confidence, to see your to see where you are in the skill sector. Like, are do you have an entrepreneurial mindset or do you just have sort of, I don't like a sort of a workforce? I don't want to call it workforce, but that mindset. Now it's not that's not the end all be all. Like just because you, you you rank high in the assessment doesn't mean you're an entrepreneur or the next Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. You know, every assessment is not the end all be all as you would, you know, you work with assessments. It's not the end all be all, but it does, it does kind of help put, okay, this is, I thought I had really great execution skills, but I guess knowing the questions that I answered, I may have to maybe work on that a little bit more. Um, you know, sometimes I, when I, when I've done this, Right. People look at me like, oh, wow, I really thought I had these skills, but I really don't. Or, wow, I didn't know I had these skill sets uh, in me. So that's just, you know, again, it's just really to see where you are in your entrepreneurial mindset. Again, now this assessment itself is not an assessment to determine whether or not you should go start a business. Right. Mm. Because that's that's a whole completely different planet galaxy that you need to get into if you're going to start your own business. This entrepreneurial mindset, what we're talking about is being able to use it in the workforce. Um, or an organization uh, that, with the skills that you have to 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 make it better and to make yourself better as well. Excellent. Well, thank you for that clarification. And, and you're right. You know, with assessments, they're not the end all be all. They're not supposed to be cookie cutter. It's yeah. to engage in conversation and maybe uh, uncover some areas that you can excel in or to further explore. Um, all right. So to my listeners, if you are interested in exploring this assessment, uh, definitely contact uh, Dr. J and I will be putting your LinkedIn profile, your website, uh, your Twitter um, handle uh, in the show notes so that people can can contact you. Any other final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, no, again, just check out check out my website, uh, com. Search uh, on YouTube, Dr. J, Real Talk. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. And of course, you can find all my social media uh, on my website. And, uh, you know, my handles for Twitter, uh, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram are at JPHD18. Uh, so you can follow me and I look forward to to hearing from, from you on. Thank you again, Liz, for having me on, on, on your podcast. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your expertise, your personal experience. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, having you on the show. Thank you. All right, everyone. So thank you for listening. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts uh, and share this episode with anyone else who you believe or feel can benefit from today's key takeaways. Until next time, this is Liz Herrera, your career coach and job search ally.